Hey everyone, we're going to be doing a couple of live shows coming up at the end of September and the beginning of October. We'll be doing a live show with special guest Christopher DeMond at Bridgetown Swing, Saturday night after awards. Come join us for a lively discussion and questions from the audience. Then, the weekend after, we'll be at Boogie by the Bay for a special episode of our show, Naked Wine Coast Truth. That's right, the Naked Truth meets Wine Coast Swing. We'll sit down to chat with the amazing Brandy Guild and the incredible Robert Royston. And who knows what's going to happen when the four of us get together with a bottle of wine. Join us Sunday night of Boogie by the Bay at 8.30 p.m. in the Sand Pebble Room. We hope to see you at Bridgetown Swing and Boogie by the Bay. Welcome to the Naked Truth Real Talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And can you believe it? It's been one year since we started the show. Can you believe it, Eric? I think it's been, yeah, almost to the day as, as we're recording this. Um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Does it feel like a year? Uh, well, yeah, it does because uh, winter's coming. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, based so, on the seasons. Yeah, it does feel like a year. But do you remember how we got this started? Yes, spectacular. Yeah, where were we? Seems like a long time ago, but at the same time, I feel like, what? It's been a year already? Oh. Yeah. How does it feel to be doing a show for a year? It feels good. I, I mean, I enjoy it a lot. Yes. Um, I, 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 I like that we decided in a parking lot at Spectacular, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that we always have these like really deep conversations, not just about dancing, but about life and stuff. And I was like, we should do a podcast. And you were like, okay. And then like the next week you were like, all right, I got microphones. I said, no, we wait. should do a podcast. And you, you shook my hand and you said, we're going to do it. Yeah, like, that's right. Yes. That's how it happened. Right. You said we should do a podcast. And I was like, yes, let's do it. And then the next week, like, all right, I bought the microphones and you need to buy this microphone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And here's our title. And I got the logo. And I was like, oh my God, this is going so fast. I was like, I'm going to make this shit happen. <laughs> right. If only I can get a band that quickly. God, geez. Right. <laughs> it's easier to make a podcast. I know. Totally. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's been a real good year. I, 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 um, I enjoy it. Now we got a lot of, like, I mean, we started with I don't know how many listeners when we first started. Um, and now we have how many listeners? Do you know how it started? We've been averaging over 900 now. People around That's the great. world. We're in 95 countries around the world. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, we're famous. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, some of our episodes have gotten over 2,000 listens. And uh, it's, it's grown. I mean, we're... Our, Listenership still grows, growing on Facebook, growing in uh, actual listens and downloads. So, yeah, it's been pretty amazing to see it grow. I think the most amazing thing has been the response that we've gotten. Um, not just, broadly speaking, people online okay. saying we like the show. Right. For me, the most meaningful responses are the people who come up to me individually, specifically, oftentimes people who I don't know if they know me right? because <laughs> I didn't come into the show as like a top champion. Um, and I mean, I can recall a couple of specific instances where somebody came up to me and said, you know, that episode you did on, I remember the one in particular earlier this year that we did on like ups and downs and me not feeling like I'm into it. And right. somebody said, you know, I really appreciate that episode. And it, it gave me permission to feel up or down. To yeah. feel not into it. Yeah, totally. And 
those things I think have the most meaning for me. Like, I really appreciate that people are talking about the show that people are, uh, people come up and thank me for like just bringing people to the fore and sharing history and sharing different perspectives. And that's great. I just, for me, the most meaningful is when it personally touches somebody. I agree with that statement. Totally. Especially when like, I'm not feeling so hotsy totsy about, dance life and then someone comes up to me and says oh i love the show you and erica great um i enjoy your guests and i was like oh thank you so much and i and i do appreciate it because you know they don't have to come up and say right you know they they enjoy the show they it's not like they're going to gain anything from it yeah you know they're not going to get a free lesson from you or myself (laughs) (laughs) um yeah what's been your favorite part of doing the show you know, my favorite part of doing the show is besides talking to you, <laughs> I, I like booking the guests because that's what I do. I book mm. the guests. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy um, booking them, although some of them are really hard to get in touch with. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but I enjoy uh, doing that part and like kind of going back and forth with them and, and also them being excited about being, you know, on the show and figuring out times. And um, so I, I enjoy uh, that. And talking to you, that's the actually the most favorite part. But, you know, the guests are good, too. (laughs) What about you? Uh, I would say the actual recording of the show. And mostly because I feel totally blessed to have the opportunity to sit down with these people who I've known about, but most of whom I've never had a real conversation about these things, right? Some of whom I actually have never exchanged any words with (laughs) ever before. I've just admired them from far and knew of them. Um, So it's, I've learned so much and I really appreciate the opportunity to get to ask questions that I've been wanting to ask them or pick their brain on something, or even just chat about the dance and be like, what do you think? I've never had the chance to sit down and talk with you about X topic. Um, So that's been really rewarding for me. Um, I've learned a lot. Me too. I've learned a lot. And I, and most of the guests I book we've booked, I know. Yes. Um, And I've still uh, learned a lot. Um, But you know what my other favorite part is, is that, um, you know, just for the listeners so they can understand, you know, we do this via Skype, mm-hmm. right? And then we just record the audio, but we always have like a little chat, like r- before we start. And it's always like a 20 minute to 45 minute chat before we start. Two hours. <laughs> right? Before we actually start the podcast. That's why sometimes, we, you know, if we're, if, we're, if we're doing you and I talking, when we have a guest on, obviously we can't do that because we have time constraints. Right. Um, but when it's just you and I, um, It'll be like a 20 to 45, sometimes an hour conversation, and it's rarely about dancing. Right. It's about life and how we're doing and what's going on, and and I I really appreciate that part of it mm-hmm. for me, uh, especially because, you know, in my life, it's hard to really talk to anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So thank you for that. Absolutely. Eric, my pleasure. You know, I, I enjoy it, too. Yeah. I Well, I'm glad. Is there anything <laughs> about the, you know uh, – the show that surprised you, you know, like doing this, anything surprised you? Um, I've definitely learned a lot about producing a podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) like those first few weeks between Swingtacular and getting this, a lot of this, by the way, this show would have been out a little sooner if I'd figured out how to produce the show sooner. Um, there's been a lot about that. Um, I think 
in terms of the actual show, it surprises me. I think the thing that surprised me about the show is not necessarily doing it. I mean, this is mostly what I expected. There's two things, actually. One is, I feel like we've ended up doing more interviews than we set out to do. That I agree with that. That's like, very true. The show has ended up being more interview-heavy. Now, that said, we still follow our original sort of plan, plan of making each interview different and having a different mm-hmm. emphasis so that we're not just asking the same questions of everyone. Um, right. But thinking about, okay, if we have this guest, what are we going to ask them? What's the kind of focal point or or varied focal points of it? So like having Gary on recently to talk about judging or you know, right. we talked with Alyssa about social media and her use of that, you know, mm-hmm. so having different angles with people um, to keep mixing it up. Um, but the other thing I think that has surprised me doing this show is I think my expectations of how people will be sitting and talking with them based on their dance persona. Tell me more about that. (laughs) So there are a couple of people. I mean, some people I just don't know, like I don't know them personally. So I, I can only assess them based on like rumors or how they present themselves. So Mm -hmm. I'll use one example and I I hope she doesn't take offense because I mean it in the best way possible, but uh, Charlotte, um, uh-huh. I have always seen Charlotte as the diva, like all of the top pros, all of you followers admire her for her strength. Right. She's like very commanding on the floor and, yes. um, you know, whoever she's dancing with, it's, you, you know, you're going to notice Charlotte, you know, she owns it. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I've never exchanged three words with her. I had never actually even attended a workshop of hers until recently when she came to the Bay area. I just never, it, the stars never aligned for me to do that. And right. so hearing her speak. And her passion and her compassion, um, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, she's just, I don't know. It was, it was a wonderful surprise of how soft and loving and lovely she is. And not to say that I didn't think she was that, um, but just her dance persona is so, you know, strong and commanding. And here she was, and she was just so down to earth and it was, it was great. I think, I think that, you know, um, there's a lot of professionals in the, in the dance community, female, male, or whatever, that have that persona, and people judge them based on that. And then right. once they, right, once they start talking to them or actually, you know, get to know them, they're like, oh, nothing, nothing like that. So never judge a book by its cover. I mean, I've had people say the same thing about you, right? Because you're of such course. a strong, dominant follower. Um, yeah. I also had people talk to me about the Jordan and Tatiana episode. Yeah. Um, and how. On the dance floor, Jordan is, you know, cool, suave, like, right. um, not to say he's not cool and suave in real life, right, but right, like, right. he loves to geek out about this stuff, you know? And yeah, people totally. are like, oh, he's like a total geek about the dance, but like, you wouldn't yes. think that based on how he dances. Right. And Tatiana, you know, is again, strong, dominant, assertive. Mm-hmm. And here she was in the interview being like, no, no, Jordan, you go ahead. You, you say things, you know? And like, right. um, she was so, uh, you know, a, a giving of space and time for other people. Yeah. And you, you don't necessarily see that in her dancing all the time. If you don't know what's really going right. on. Like, I think it's easy to see her as just Tatiana. Right. That's why I think it's important, you know, for people to, you know, especially the professionals, give the professionals the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. sometimes they judge us based on how we dance or how we teach or, um, 
what we look like at the moment. Like, like if we, we could be standing there and not smiling and already they're making, you know, a judgment and you have, you have to remember that the professionals are humans too. Right. You know, we go through life change and, you know, um, turmoil and, um, family stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there are a select number of us like, like I don't really put anything personal on face. I hate Facebook people just, just so that, you know, I cannot She's taking stand a Facebook. hiatus. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand Facebook. I mean, people used it the way I would like them to use it. Then I'd be happy about it. But, um, so I rarely put anything personal, you know, um, on Facebook and, Sometimes I feel like we we feel the need we have to so that people recognize that we're human. Right. Right. So I think that's um I think that's important for the you know, the listeners to understand that, you know, we go through the same thing that everyone else does. Cut us some slack. Yeah, I think it was Sean and Courtney who said, Everyone poops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they did say that. Yeah. Everyone um, poops. Yeah. What has surprised you doing this show? Anything? Uh, you know what surprised me? Um, that, the, <laughs> you know, at first when we decided to do this, I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous about, you know, talking on a radio because <laughs> I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really fond of what I sound like, <laughs> you know? And what surprised me was that like, nobody's come up to me and been like, oh, you know, you don't sound so great on, right. And everyone was like, oh, we love to hear you. You're, you're great on the, on the on the podcast. And I was like, Oh, am I? Okay. Thank <laughs> That's you. True. I second that. Um, yeah. I've had people be like, Oh, your voice is so soothing. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding? If I heard this voice, I'd be like, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. Right. <laughs> um, like I know we're all programmed to not really like the sound of our own voice, but I'm like, really, really? Are we, are we programmed not to like the sound of our own yeah, voice? There was some, I'll try to dig it up somewhere, but there was some article about that. How, Part of it is that we hear our own voices differently than it actually sounds because it's resonating through our own body um, and our own head. Uh, so when we hear it, it's a little surprising. But I think, I forget if it's it's like a higher register when it's not resonating in our head. And so it just sounds a little more jarring. I don't know. I'll have to look up the article. But yeah, we're kind of programmed not to, to Well, like I think my voice. reasoning too is, uh, you know, <clears throat> which I don't mind because people love to point out you know, my New York accent. Right. And, and I don't mind that because that's part of what makes me who I am. I love, right. you know, you know, there some people call that, you know, a microaggression. I do not. <laughs> I, think, I think accents are amazing, yeah. you know, and, and, and I love to guess people's accents too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, are you from, you know, such and such. And there are some people that try want to lose, you know, their accent. And I'm like, no, 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 that's what makes you who you are. Right. <clears throat> um, the only thing that bothers me is like, oh, are you from Jersey? And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Never ask somebody from New York if they're from yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> and I'll say and I'll say, no, I'm from New York. And some people, because they're geographically challenged, will go, look, no, that's the same. And I was like, uh, no, that's New right. Jersey's another state. Yeah. And like, no, it's not. It's part of New York. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not. Did and you don't say, say that? Um, where are you from? And they're like, Wisconsin. I'd be like, are you from Minnesota? <laughs> they're the right. same thing. I should have done that. I wasn't quick, I wasn't Just quick pick the state next to it and be like, well, that's the same. Yeah, no, I should, I should have done that. I didn't think, you know, I wasn't quick enough on it. So basically that, you know, that's my most surprising, you know, thing, like what I sound like. And, and, uh, and it's not like, I, I will say this. I don't listen to the show often. I listen to our podcasts, um, but I don't listen to it as often, you know, as I should, because there's other things I 
have to do and life is crazy and blah, blah, blah. Right. But when I do listen to it, I'm like, oh, Eric sounds amazing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so actually, speaking of the whole doing live show, and I think I said this in our first episode that I was nervous about doing it. I am always conscious of what I'm saying anyway. Um, and yep. I know I can say things that I will regret later. <laughs> Ditto. Um, so, yeah. uh, doing a live show, I mean, live for us, but like just recording it without thinking about what I'm going to say beforehand. Like right. blogging was natural for me because I enjoy writing and I can think about my thoughts and I can revise it. And, sure. um, I actually want to thank you because I have gotten more comfortable with, with speaking. That's great. However, you know, however I want or whatever, whatever is on my mind and, um, gotten more comfortable speaking in the presence of these people that I admire, who have way more experience, whose opinion I regard so highly, uh, mm -hmm. doing this show with you where you've given me space, um, has made me more confident speaking my mind and my opinions. Um, well, that's great. So that's been kind of a pleasant surprise because especially when we started doing more and more guests and I was just like, <gasps> what am I going to do? What do I have to say here? But um, yeah, it's been great. It's given me a little I more confidence. Well, I think the listeners should know. I'm going to, you know, out you a little bit, Eric. That um, uh, Eric's pretty damn funny, and uh, uh, I keep begging him to like go up and do stand up because you know when we have chats before <laughs> we, we start our interview, he has me cracking up, um, and that's partially because he's so smart. Because you can't be funny and stupid; it's just impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're laughing uh, at you. So, right. So maybe this will also give you more confidence to finally go back to get up and yeah, and do some stand up, and I'll come <laughs> support you for a shizzle. Yeah, if anybody uh, is curious, there there is YouTube video of me doing stand up. Gosh, eleven years ago. I'm gonna look that up. It's a long time ago. Is it under Eric B. Jacobson? What is it under? Probably, yeah, I probably uploaded it to my own account. It's on there somewhere. <laughs> What's your YouTube account? <laughs> I don't know. It's my name. Okay. But yeah, somewhere up there. I'm going to look Because I performed at Caroline's a few times in New York City. Oh. It's outdated material because I did a lot of topical political humor, but it's up there somewhere. Oh, I mean, funny is funny. <laughs> I mean. Um, yeah. Anyway, by the way, uh, this show has not always been easy. No, you think? <laughs> part of it is the logistics you kind of alluded to trying to book guests and trying to figure out our schedules and uh, both our own personal schedules and you know trying to coordinate with guests is there anything that's been really challenging for you in doing this show oh boy well <laughs> you know because of my own personal stuff going on in my life the last uh, year sometimes I just don't want to talk you know, yeah. but I, uh, I forged through because <laughs> that's what you have to do. <laughs> the show must go be, on. <laughs> your show must go on. Um, that's, you know, uh, I think one, one of the, one of the struggles, um, I have, and, and also time thing, you know, like for the listeners, I mean, I don't think some, I think some people don't really realize like what goes into doing what we do. I mean, you live in California soon to be living in Minnesota and I live 
you know, in Denver. And then, then there's the guests that live all over, right. you know, the United States. So I have to coordinate time for them and then coordinate time with you and then coordinate time with me. And I also work at home and I travel, you know, and I travel, you know, for, for the dance community. So it, it gets a little, you know, stressful. And, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I like have to shut my brain off and be like, okay, just meditate for five minutes and it'll go away. I promise it'll go away. It'll go away. <laughs> it just it will go away. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I also struggle with like, oh, what if like, you know, we ask a question and it's a question that gets like really heated and you, you know how I am, Eric. I, you know, <laughs> I, it's not like I like to hold things back. <laughs> no holes barred. <laughs> no holes barred, <clears throat> you know, which gets me in trouble a lot because people hate honesty. Um, so sometimes I worry about, oh my God, what if they say something and I have to like jump in and I was like, okay, Deborah, take a deep breath, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, get all heated about it. Just show some, you know, self-control. So I, you know, that worries me uh, sometimes. And I feel like I've done a good job. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it worries me too, Deborah. sometimes when you get heated. <laughs> like, all right. Okay. Just. It's going to be okay. We're going to sit back. We're going to let this unfold. <laughs> um, sometimes I, I think for me, certainly, like you said, the logistics are challenging. Um, and yeah, depending on our schedules, like there have been times where I'm editing two or three episodes in a week to try and like get them ready because we're going to be busy for two weeks, right? Like right. when I was traveling this summer, um, I was in Italy for two weeks. And then of course the two weeks that I'm out of the country are when the show doesn't post, um, right. <laughs> right? Like Which that's happens. been stressful. Um, and I was in Italy, like on vacation in Cinque Terre and trying to like figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. Um, so that's stressful. And also, like you said, we will talk beforehand. And of course I started committing ourselves to like the post show outtake or conversation. Right. So I sort through every, like I listen to everything we record to find that. Um, right. so the editing process usually takes at least twice as long as the, the episode itself. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, totally. I got to listen and then I'm listening for like glitches in the audio that I got to clean up and, mm-hmm. um, listening to the extra material. If we add like an intro or outro, like cutting things out. Um, because we don't Which really cut. Really good, by the way. Thanks. We don't really okay, cut job. content. We just, I just clean it up mostly for audio. But then, if a guest has to go, we'll record stuff afterwards and they insert it. So anyway, that process is long. But the other one, getting back to what you were saying about the questions, I think what's challenging sometimes is I always want to respect our guests, mm-hmm. but sometimes I want to push. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. when we ask a question and a guest either doesn't quite answer or their answer warrants clarification. Um, and I'll put my facilitator hat on and push for more. And there have been a couple of instances where somebody will say something and I'm sitting there like, hold the phone <laughs> um, right. and waiting for a moment to like jump in and say, okay, let's, I want to dive in deeper on that. And I don't want guests to feel like I'm challenging them. I'm really just asking for clarification, even if I personally disagree, which is rare. I don't think anybody said anything where I disagree with them flat out. I think it's just a matter of clarifying. Um, but that's where things are fuzzy for me. Or or just we ask the question, we try to dig deeper, we're still not getting clarity. And it's like, all right, well, that's that's Yeah, that. and I, I think <laughs> that happens too because, unfortunately, you know, we live in, you know, this dance community, people are afraid 
of the repercussions because there are lots of people who abuse their power in the West Coast swing <laughs> community. And, no, really. Yeah. And if you say something that they don't agree with, uh, then they won't hire you or they will fire you or they will find a way not to hire you or fire you or to badmouth you, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. You know, people should be able to be honest, you know, without, uh, what's the word I'm looking for without like making others feel like they're being attacked. You know, mm -hmm. honesty to me is always the best um, policy and integrity and trust and all those things. So I think sometimes our guests are like, Ooh, and that's why sometimes you'll hear me say, this is the naked truth. Spit it out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? Yes. I so, mean, I understand guests being tactful or watching what they say. I mean, they, they are on a broad forum, but I hope what, our listeners get and certainly our guests get is that first of all, this is a safe space. Um, you know, we want people to feel safe speaking their mind here. Um, right. doing so respectfully, of course, but they shouldn't be afraid to express their opinion because the other part is, is that I hope this show in some way helps show that there are diversity of opinions and that's okay. Like we are a plurality in this community and we do this show and bring on, you know, you and I try to find different, intentionally find different guests, voices yeah. that we don't hear often um, alongside the voices that we do hear, you know, to try and show that, yeah, it's okay that we have a diversity of opinions. You and I sometimes disagree. That's okay. We can talk it out and we can agree to disagree or we can find common ground, you know, whatever it is. Like, I think that's really important to me in doing the show because it's not just about getting people talking. It's about getting different people talking about different ideas and, and learning to have that discourse. Right. Learning to agree to disagree. Yeah. Sometimes. And, but find so, the common ground. I think it's absolutely. important that there are a lot of places where we do agree. We're all here because we love this dance. Right. Um, and we may have differences here and there. And you know what? That's what makes this dance as rich and diverse as it is. I totally agree with that statement. I totally agree with that statement. So what's your favorite episode so far? Oh, gosh. So I... Better not I'm, be the same one I'm going to say. I'm going to be mad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny because in preparing for this episode um, and having written up the questions, I was like, okay, well, I should probably know what my favorite... <laughs> like, I should know how to answer these questions. So I went through the list of um, right. of all the episodes. And, you know, I, I don't have a particular favorite. I have some that stand out to me more than others for different reasons. So um, I, one episode that stands out to me that I really enjoyed was the episode we did. Uh, well, both of the all things swing. Um, they were like both spontaneous. One the one with Tom was great because it was just, I think it was more of what we sort of initially envisioned for this show. Of right. Just a bunch of people sitting around talking about dance. Which we'll do more of. Yes. Um, and the other all things swing was also like the, well, the Tom one wasn't planned because we had a guest planned and then didn't have a guest. And then we like called up Tom and said, Hey, can you sit down with us this right. afternoon and record? Um, and the other one was unplanned too, where I think we did have a topic to chat about, but I had just had like this cool experience and that led into mm -hmm. an hour, hour and a half conversation. 
Um, right. So I, I like those a lot. Um, but there have been some interviews that have stood out to me. Um, certainly the one with Brandy, um, I really enjoyed. It was early on and we touched upon a diversity of things. And I appreciate that kind of getting back to what you were just saying. Brandy wasn't afraid to speak her mind. No, I mean, we made t-shirts after her, apple pie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, come um, on. But, and yet it was a, still a respectful, diverse, enriching, enriching conversation. Um, I agree. So that one, you know, when people say to me like, hey, what's your show about? I'll usually tell them one of like the all things swings or one of the more conversational ones that you and I do. And then something like Brandy, because I think people get a lot out of it. Um, not to say that people don't get things out of like uh, Robert's episode or any of the others that we've had who have a rich sure. history and to share with us. Um, mm-hmm. but that one, um, I really enjoyed our, f- our first one with Divi on mental health. Yeah. I, I love was, that one. I, we released the Shanti one first, but we actually recorded the Divi one first. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just great and it was great to talk to him, talk to him, but talk about something different you know, a, a different topic affecting our dance. Um, well, I think also something that people don't even think about at the time, you know, they don't think about mental health and dancing, but it's important. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then some of the interviews that I really enjoyed, uh, John Lindo, um, mm-hmm. I've known John, I've even talked with him, but I really appreciated how much of his experience outside of dance mm-hmm. affects how he does dance. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, sure. Not a lot of the top professionals have careers outside of dance. So that right. was really cool. Um, the one with uh, Tatiana and Jordan, just personally, it's just, I was just geeking out. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I've worshipped their dancing and idolized them since my, my early days. And to get the chance to really sit down and talk with them, you know, not I just like, it. hey, how you doing? Casual conversation or in right. class, you know. Um, and then uh, Barry Jones. Um, mm. because his heart is just so big and his passion and his love and his joy and his overall message of like, be you. Yeah. You know, this dance is all about individual expression. Just be you. I totally agree with that. So yeah. it's that hard for me great. to pick like, a, we've had episode. so many good ones. I know I, I could mean, go more like, yeah, I feel, I feel it depends on like, what you're feeling at the moment and what you need at the moment, then you can decide which, you know, interview is best and which yeah. episode, you know, what about um, you? is best. Well, uh, I feel like one of my favorite episodes was the one with Divi and, 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 and mental health. I feel like that was a really, really important mm-hmm. um, one. Um, I enjoyed Brandy immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvia Sykes was yes. one that I really, you know, really, really dug. Oh, so um, amazing hearing all that history. Right. I mean, she's so um, knowledgeable. Very. Um, and I, I also enjoy bringing, you know, guests onto the show that are, that are part, part of our rich, you know, dance history, but a lot of people don't know yeah. that they're, you know, that they're, that they're part of it. And I think that's part of the reason why I really enjoyed um, Sylvia. I, I enjoyed interviewing her too, because I, I, I loved her frankness, mm-hmm. you know, she's, as much as she's <laughs> right, as much as she lives in California, California, like you know, she sounds like an East Coaster. Right, right. Sensibility. She talk. Yeah, um, totally. actually, yeah. On that point, John Festa was also great. 
absolutely, I was just going to get to him, John Festa. I loved how he approached, you know, how, what music is about and how he thinks mm-hmm. music and, and, and dance and all that stuff. So it's really hard to pick like, who's the best, who is the best. There is no episode. best. There is no best. I yeah. mean, I, I love them all. I mean, Robert Royston was great and mm-hmm. Jordan Tott and Sean and Courtney and Kyle and Sarah. I mean, yep. and, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on, which is why we do this show so that we can, you know, bring, also, we can bring some, like, you know, humanity to to our professionals because everyone thinks we're, like, you know, not human. Yes. But we are, right? Yeah. And so, and I think listening to them talk helps people connect with them, you know, better. I, I will say I've had people come up to me um, saying, God, I feel like I know you mm-hmm. because I've listened to you on the show. They feel, like, closer. Right. Which I, which I think is great. So, for yeah. me, there's no favorite anything. You know, I'm, I'm the favorite episode, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm my favorite episode. So there's really no, you know, there's no one. Yeah. I've mentioned a few and that was it. Do you have any particular favorite moments that really stand out to you? Well, I do remember really like, um, deep, like, moment where I got really emotional on the Divi mm-hmm. um, talked about suicide and you know one of my friends had committed suicide a year or two before that um, which really got to me yeah. um, and you know a lot of people from afar people see me and they think I'm like this really like hard and you know rough around the edges crazy woman <laughs> and really I'm just you know a softy and I I you know, I'm a very emotional, empathic person, um, which is part of the reason why I, I, people see me in that persona, because I don't want to let everyone in or know who I am. That's yeah. not okay. You know what I mean? So that right. episode really, like, um, really got to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I don't think there was anything that really got to me like that one did. Yeah. That mental health one was just like, wow, yowza. Yeah. And Divi was great. Yeah, he was fantastic. I hope more people listen to that episode in particular. So do I. So do I. Yeah. I totally. For me, uh, a couple of moments stand out. I think, well, first of all, another one of my favorite episodes was Leanne and Michael. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one, I too. Just, yeah, that's- I just enjoyed it so much. Like, I just, it, it was like Very we were sitting in their people. living room and you know, sitting around and just chatting. They were just so delightful to chat with. Um, but one of my favorite moments from the show is that episode where, uh, so we said like, how did you get started dancing? And Leanne said like, oh, we both went to this dance and Michael quoted the day and time. Uh, totally. <laughs> and then later we said like, so how did you end up together romantically? And Michael's like, he quoted that same day and time. Right. <laughs> just, oh my God. It still delights me so much. Um, I don't normally listen to the show because I edit it. And then I'm right. like, all right, I've heard enough of my voice. Um, but that one, uh, I was in Iceland with Chini and we were driving around the Island and she was catching up on the show. And I listened to that episode with her and I just, it still makes me like smile and, and laugh out loud. Cause it's so delightful. They're lovely humans michael and leanne they're very close friends yeah um of my they're like family um yes. they really good humans yeah um so that that was definitely a moment 
that stood out to me just because I enjoyed it so much, that episode. Um, I think that one probably more than anyone. The only other one I, that kind of stands out to me when I think of it uh, was um, talking with Charlotte about defining swing. Mm. Um, I guess it's not so much a moment as just that bit of conversation and hearing her take on things. Right. Um, just uh, the overall impression I got from that, that part of the show has kind of stuck with me and, um, uh, maybe we'll, I guess we'll talk about it in our, our next bit, but, Podcast. um, oh. yeah, it started changing my views on swing content a little bit. Sure. In a good way. So, totally. Yeah. I understand that completely. I, I totally get that. Well, that's basically what's changed your mind about things that shows changed your mind about certain things in dance. Um, yeah, so definitely swing content. And <laughs> it's kind of funny because, you know, we have the t-shirts, we talk about swing content ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. I feel like when people think of our show, they think of swing content, <laughs> like, which I think it's fun. We talk about, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and you know, it is just the conversation we're having right now in our community kind of perpetually. Um, but I feel like it, it has intensified a bit lately, but, um, I'll say this. I came into the show, you know, we talked about this on the U.S. Open episode because that was where it really came up the first time where we talk about the different routines and how we were like, well, some of these aren't swing. And it's not that uh, I've changed my views on the importance of the influence of routines. Mm -hmm. I still think that the top professionals and what they put out on the floor greatly influences what we aspire to do and how we define the dance, particularly for new people. Um, So the routines are definitely important and not just routines, but anything that the top pros put out there um, in their Strictly's or or Jack and Jill's. Um, And I recognize the influence that that has. I started changing my mind a little bit when Charlotte started talking about swing content and like how the dance hasn't in its essence changed Correct. In like most of the dancing, um, Mm -hmm. in most of the dancing, right? Like when we talk about swing content and problems with swing content, we're talking about a small minority. And then when the U S open decided to, you know, uh, I was going to say unleash roll out (laughs) there, it's kind of unleashing roll out their new procedures for, uh, evaluating swing content and social media blew up. People were freaking out. Totally. And my feeling was kind of the opposite where I was like, wow, everybody's freaking out. Is this really worth freaking out over? And I started looking at scores from the open Mm -hmm. from last year Mm -hmm. and realizing that there were only a number of violations and those violations would not have significantly changed the outcome anyway um, for most of them. And you know, thinking about how like you and your peers, the top of the top are not getting swing violations. Like you guys know the dance and you love the dance and you put the dance out there. Yes. You add your own expression, but we're talking about a minority of people who are questionable in their swing content and whether they're Mm -hmm. still doing swing. Um, And I just, I guess I've stopped not caring, but I just 
don't see it as big a deal. It's uh, not that, no, I, I agree with you. It's not that important. We're making a big deal out of something that we, so just so that listeners can understand, we've been having this argument about swing content since I came into the swing community. I mean, it's just been a, a hot topic constantly. There's, it's very difficult to, you know, to quantify and like put it in writing. And, and my argument is always the people that are really good at this dance can look at a routine and say, yeah, that's not really swing or it's not swinging. And, and I don't need a, a little, you know, what's that? Like a little program to, watch, yeah. yeah, whatever the hell, um, <clears throat> you know, they're doing. And so in my head, I'm like, this too shall pass. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, or for the not, love, or we're just going to keep or, having the conversation. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like or, it's not, I also feel like, um, and we've talked about this, but the U.S. Open is still the pre- premier event, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's still the biggest stage in terms of prominence in our community, and people do come from all over the world to put their art out there. It doesn't hold the same water that it used to in terms right, of people right. becoming professionals. No, it doesn't because you don't. So it used to be that if you won the Open or you placed in the top five at Classic and Showcase, you were someone to talk about and someone to be hired. Mm-hmm. Now you just go to the Open. Right. You just go to the open and compete. And if you're in the top 15, 10, even if you're not, right, you'll get hired. They have no idea. You know, the, the, the event directors that are hiring these people have no idea what they're, how well they they teach, how well they know the dance. They just base it based on what they see in a routine. So it really doesn't matter at this point, honestly. Or people do routines elsewhere. Right. You know what I mean? And then people are like, oh, well, they're putting routine out there. So so they, I must be, I should be able to hire them. They must know what they're doing. <laughs> Half the time, those routines aren't even choreographed by the couple that's dancing it. Right. So, um, but okay. Yeah. Never. So, yeah, this I just. shall pass. Right. And um, I still feel like, I still feel like we have a responsibility as teachers and instructors to pass on the essence of the dance. Um, Which we do. But that's the thing is is I feel like we do. I I know very few people who are teaching Zook disguised as West Coast Swing. Right. Right. Like you go to any beginner class and yeah, there's variation in whatever technique and how they teach it, but they're still teaching pass, push, whip. They're still teaching double, triple, triple, you know, and the rest is we evolve to the music and there's always going to be variance in style and personal expression and what people bring into the dance and then you ride the wave it'll like you always say it swings back no pun intended or maybe pun intended yep. um always swings back it does yeah and so mm-hmm. i feel like people should worry less about adjudication around swing content and mm-hmm. more about being the best dancer they can be and putting out whatever they want to put out on the floor i agree let the chips fall listen i'm not I, you know you know i got fired from the open because i didn't violate anybody and i'm like oh, what for mm-hmm. it's not something that's enforced throughout the year and for the most part we could really we could violate violate everybody and say you know some are past don't have enough swing content some are like on borderline and some of them are exa- have exactly the amount of swing content why are we even talking about this come on people are they are they do they have good quality of movement of swing? Do they dance well? Are they technically sound? You know, these are all things that are, you know, really important. Um, well, so like, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it up. Well, I was going to say like, you know, Cordoba and I were, you know, questioned on swing content when we did Chains of the Stick mm-hmm. and Tired. And if you watched that dance, it, 
swings you know, so it hard. swings its at. <laughs> oh my God, it swings so hard it hits you in the face. Yeah. Come on, people. It's not yeah. like it's not recognizable. You could turn the music off and you could still tell it's, you know, right. West Coast. So whatever. Yeah. Two things that have come up on the show that have helped change my mind a bit. So one was the Charlotte thing and Charlotte kind of alluded to it. I hope I'm remembering this right because it stuck with me <laughs> and I hope I'm not mm-hmm. misinterpreting, but she said, you know, sort of that binary idea of it's either swing or it's not like Agreed. this whole idea of like 70% or 65 or it's got 69.3%. Like it's a little crazy. And if as long as you have educated judges, they should be able to say whether it was swing or not. And if enough judges say that wasn't swing, that should, that should be your system. Right. And then they, those judges, if the competitors have questions, those judges should be able to talk to them and say, here's why I don't think it was enough swing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I think that's one thing. The other thing is what Sylvia said, and I've heard a couple of others say the same thing of, uh, we don't dance to swing music anymore. Right. So, so we have to, we have to adapt. And music defines the dance. So right. in some ways we're not swing dancing anymore. We don't dance to swing music. Um, I mean, we do, if you're like Maxime inventory and I'm so glad that swing music is actually coming back. Um, but the music defines the dance and West coast has like evolved so far from the swing dances because we continue to evolve with the music. So at a certain point, we kind of have to let go of what is quote unquote swing content and more just what is West coast swing, mm-hmm. you know, um, what makes this dance this dance and worry less about like lumping it in with Lindy and, Right, Charleston and Balboa, like they're just so different at this point because they still dance to swing music Mm -hmm. and we don't. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of a silly question of what is Mm -hmm. swing content when we, when we group them all together. And it's not like you can't do West coast swing to non swing music. You can, we do it all the time. Right. (laughs) Most of the time now, most of the time. I feel like that, that there are some times that, um, people go overboard and because the music doesn't have that swing and they can't hear the swing rhythm, they don't know how to overlay movement and make it swingy. They just kind of hang out and, you know, pose and pose and mm-hmm. drop and kick and, you know, round off back handspring superstar. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, that's all I have to say about it. I'm so exhausted about swing content and, <laughs> As, yeah, we'll take a break from it on the show. Great. Um, is there anything that you've learned or anything that's changed your mind or changed the way you think from doing the show? Oh, Eric, can anyone change the way I think? <laughs> <laughs> People have been trying for years, years and years. <laughs> um, you know, that's a tough question. I, I, I I can't say that anything's changed the way I think. The only thing I would say, maybe I would, you know, like how, like you said, how like Charlotte thinks about, you know, swing content and all, and how what swing is, but I've always felt kind of that way. So I don't know. I, 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 I feel the way I feel and I think the way that I think. And, and, and that's why we do this, you know, this show. So, um, I don't think anything's really changed. Or anyone has changed my mind. And and if you're mad about it, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they listen because you are you. Right. right. Um, I think that totally. Yeah. I think the other thing that I'd add to what I've learned is, or maybe not learned, but gotten more clarity around mm-hmm. is what 
It means to honor your history. Yeah, okay. I knew the importance of it. I recognize the importance of it. I try to instill it in my students. But having conversations on this show has clarified for me a little more what that means in practice mm-hmm. of hearing the experiences of the past and what the dance was and views of what it was and how that informs what we are and understanding the evolution of the dance. So, and I think I mentioned this on one of the episodes where one of my own students, we were doing a video viewing party and we were watching old videos. And one of my students, rightfully so, completely valid, was like, okay, what are we supposed to be watching for here? <laughs> you know, because it's one thing to right. know your history, meaning, oh, well, I know, you know, Lance and Marianne danced um, or to watch videos of them. But I think right. you're missing something if you don't understand how what they did or anybody in the past did that informs what we do, you know, right. and seeing the through line, like Charlotte said, you know, the dance is pretty much the same. The style has changed, but the essence of what we do has, has changed, uh, has remained the same. And I think it's important for people to go back and watch and, you know, even of the pros you admire. So you, for instance, um, or Jordan and Tatiana or Kyle and Sarah, you know, um, Robert, Brandy, like people who, have, who are current pros who have been around for a long time, you can mm-hmm. see the evolution of your dance and yet you can see how your dance is still West Coast swing through all of that. Correct. And I think totally. it's really interesting to see, you know, like when Kyle and Sarah did their exhibition at the Open last year mm-hmm. and doing the same quote unquote patterns, but changing them to fit different music. Right. Right. Um, there isn't to basically say it's the same dance. Right. And I think knowing your history means being able to see that. So that's one thing that I've, I've learned from it. So looking back on the last year and thinking about the year ahead, because we're not stopping folks. Um, because we're not stopping folks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what do you hope for the show for the next year? Where do you want to see it go? Is there, are there any guests that you want to rope in? Any kind of episodes you want to do? I'd like to revisit uh, the guests that we've had and mm. obviously add, you know, more. Like I'd love to have, um, I want Charlie and Jackie on mm. and I want Angel and Debbie on. And I think part of what them not being on in the year is, is also, you know, uh, part of uh, scheduling yes, um, and stuff. So, uh um what else uh what else would i like i don't know what would you like certainly there are some guests that i'd like to have on the show um okay. the two pairs that you mentioned are up there for sure uh also because we've talked about them right um, i'd love to get somebody like ramiro because we keep talking about him yeah, we um, on the show him. and I really admire his dancing. He's had a big influence. Um, so there are certain people that I would like to get on the show. Um, I'd be interested in doing a couple of things. Um, one, like I said, I really enjoy the episodes where you and I just kind of shoot the shit or I think we should bring Tom back and just have a conversation because he's so knowledgeable and we can talk about anything. Um, I like the conversational episodes that are less interviewee and more just people talking about dance. I would like to kind of get more of a slice of life 
for some people. So the community organizing episodes that we did, I really enjoyed because I'm a community organizer, but I feel like we talk a lot about our national scene here mm-hmm. in the United States. And so I, I want to go more macro and more micro. So uh, definitely want to get more international guests and we hopefully have a couple lined up in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Um, I, I definitely want to hear more from different regions around the world because we have listeners all over the world and, right. and the dance is growing and expanding in those places. And at the same time, I want to get a little more micro. I'd love to kind of revisit that community organizing topic mm-hmm. with a couple of other people who run communities. Um, I feel like, especially when you have four people on the show, two hours is not really enough time to, to dive into it. Um, I totally agree with that. Yeah. You know, like there's just so much to unpack in running a local community or, you know, we haven't talked about how do we teach beginners? Like, I feel like we could dive into that because how we teach beginners and indoctrinate them and socialize them is has Mm -hmm. a really big impact on what our community becomes. Right. Um, You know, we just recorded our upcoming episode on culture and so much of that happens at the local level. Uh, We've talked about, you know, like you said, community leaders who don't get along and how does that affect community? So there are certain topics that I think have a really big impact on people's regular dance life beyond going to events. I feel like going to events is a subset of people. And I'd like to explore more of those, more of the the everyday kind of topics and conversations. Um, I've often thought because I have really interesting conversations with just the people around me in my community. There's so many times where I'm like, I just want to pull out a microphone and put it on the table and just record this conversation. Right. And share it because those are the real conversations between people. And this show was about capturing the conversation and stimulating conversation and I think it'd be nice to find more opportunities to do that, to have friends um, of ours or people we just think are interesting or, you know, recreate conversations that we've had at events or with people um, that aren't interviews. It's just, Hey, we just started talking. Let's, let's share this in some way. Right. I think that'd be nice to do more personal stuff. I I would agree with that. I'd also like, I'd like more event directors um, to reach out to kind of set their story straight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we've talked about how a lot of event directors do certain, you know, things, and it should be in their best interest to want their reputation um, to be clean. Mm-hmm. And I don't think. Some of them are interested in that. Does that make sense? Yes. We have to create a safe space for them to do that. Well, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Did I mention to you that I reached out to the U.S. Open? Yeah, and they refused, right? Um, They politely declined, and that's fine. I mean, it was a very polite, friendly email. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, I would love to have more representation from uh, event directors, World Swing Dance Council. We've tried getting a couple of people from there on the show. Maybe in the future we will to hear more because a lot of the conversation we have is questions. (laughs) You know, what is happening? How do they work? What's going on? Um, And it'd be great for them to share with the community 
what they're doing and how they provide value, whether they're event directors or WSDC or NASD. Um, I think that'd be mm-hmm. really great because we end up talking about them in the third person. And I think, I agree. I think it'd be great for them to come on and clarify some things. Sure. Right. And, and inform us. Like we don't know what's going on. That's why we talk about some of these things. Mm-hmm. So help us help you <laughs> to educate people about what you're doing and the value that you add. Right. So I think that'd be great too. I would love to add that. And, and even having different voices on, you know, again, I never want to make a guest feel disrespected, but I think it'd be good to have people on where we can intentionally bring people on that we disagree with and talk about that and understand why, why do you do things the way you do things? Mm-hmm. Let them share their side and their view. And, and even if we agree to disagree, be like, okay, we heard you. I think that's important too. Why do you think they're not reaching out? Well, if they feel like they're being attacked by the show, I don't think they're going to reach out. Oh, please. Every time I feel like I'm being attacked by anything or anyone, I confront them and I'm like, hey. <laughs> but that's you. People don't want to come onto a show and be attacked, uh, which I totally get. But have we attacked anybody on our show? No. Well, uh, they've been sitting We've it. said some things about World Swing Dance Council, US Open, and NASD that I'm sure weren't received kindly. Then come on the show and defend yourself. But that's the thing is I don't want them to have to defend themselves. I just want to hear what they have to say. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't want to put them on the stand. I just want to have a conversation. I just want to sit here, ask questions, and let them share their voice. Well, that's what we always do. Yes. Well, and that's the thing is I want them to know that they wouldn't. I wouldn't bring them on the show to attack them. I'd bring them on the show to hear what they have to say and just try to understand. Right. Rather than try to convince them. You know, totally. But we'll see what happens in, you know, 2020. (laughs) It'll be a brand new year. It'll be a brand new year. (laughs) New beginnings. Mama's got a brand new bag. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So the other thing that I'll add in closing is we are so, so, so grateful to everyone who listens to the show, to everyone who shares our posts or likes our posts or comes to our live shows, which we have coming up a couple more. Who has discussions on our discussion page on Facebook. It's this whole thing was designed to engage people and foster conversation. And Mm -hmm. for those people who are at least listening, even if you're just listening and uh, enjoying, we thank you. It's great. We would not have a show. We would not be doing this if people weren't listening. Right. That would kind of be a waste of everybody's time. So And keep spreading the word. Yes. So that, you know, we can have more discourse, disagreements. No, just kidding. <laughs> Those, two. Um, Those two. But yeah, the idea here is to help people connect. Right. Through discussion. Right. So, you know, if you listen to the show and somebody else didn't, but there's something you want to talk about with somebody, go ahead and talk about it. Uh, if both of you listen to the show, great. Uh, somebody told me, I don't know how many of these are, are happening or exist, but some people have like threads, either Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever, where they mm-hmm. all listen to the show and then they chat about it. And that just delights my heart. <laughs> um, me too. That's amazing that people are proactively talking about these kind of things. Um, that's great. And I hope that these people also feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we always want to hear from people 
whether you agree, whether you disagree, if something resonated with you. I'm actually hoping we talked about sending out a survey to get some feedback from people. Now that it's been a year, so I'm going to, once I finish my move, I'm going to work on that so that we can get some feedback from you all who listen to the show. But yeah, thank you for listening. Keep sharing with us. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, as always, you can post a comment on our website. You can respond to our posts on Facebook that we post every week, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. And some people have shared their thoughts and questions, and that's a great place to do it. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, where we'll update you right in your email inbox with our latest episode. Follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs. And yep, yep, you can uh, still follow us on the Twitter. It's a little corner of peace and prosperity in a land of haters and trolls. But you can follow us at Naked Truth. WCS. You can also buy some of our swag through our online store. We have limited supplies of men's and women's shirts with our logo and other fun designs. Just go to the naked truth, WCS.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you in an upcoming event. Again, that's the naked truth, WCS.com forward slash store. We will also be doing two live shows in the coming weeks. We'll be doing a live show with special guest Christopher Dumond at Bridgetown Swing Saturday night after awards. Come join us for a lively discussion and questions from the audience. Plus, the weekend after, we'll be at Boogie by the Bay for a very special episode, Naked Wine Coast Truth. That's right. That's the Naked Truth plus Wine Coast Swing. We'll sit down to chat with the amazing Brandy Guild and the incredible Robert Royston. And who knows what shenanigans will happen when the four of us get together with a bottle of wine. Join us Sunday night of Boogie by the Bay at 8.30 p.m. in the Sand Pebble Room. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast is. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And And that's that's the the Naked naked truth. Truth. Let's continue our reflective streak. Talk about the show. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so you want to start? How is the show? <laughs> <laughs> you like Eeyore. <sighs> Life's terrible. Let's talk about the past year. <laughs> Oh my god, no, so no, good. the podcast has been really rewarding. <laughs> yeah, people can only see your facial expressions. It's so good. <laughs> Damn. Let's talk about the naked truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, go.